This extended interview is being published alongside a podcast on gender-affirming care for kids, which you can hear by visiting our website at hearmenowpodcast.org. You will also find there a directory of additional extended interviews on trans-related healthcare issues. Up next, LB talks with her daughter Ella, a preteen trans girl. This conversation is being archived at the National Folklife Center at the Library of Congress as part of the Hear Me Now Oral History Project, the largest collection of healthcare narratives in the country. Hello, my name is LB, and I'm here with my daughter Ella. Hi. Who's um? She's eleven. <laughs> she's yeah. almost twelve. Yeah. Um, and so. I'm just going to tell your story a bit of um, your transgender identity and share it. Um, and you've given me consent to do so, correct? Yep. Okay, cool. Okay. So, um, Ella, with you, I feel like, I think we kind of always knew from the time you were really, really young that something about you was different. And I don't mean that in a negative way at all. No, I know, yeah. Um, we just, you were a really sensitive baby. Um, you had you had a urinary tract infection when you were really young. Um, and I remember they had to give you, you were tiny too. And I remember they had to give you a catheter. Um, and uh, so we you know that we never had you circumcised. And so putting in that catheter was a little bit difficult for them. And uh, a, a few months later, you started like really freaking out every time we tried to change your diaper. And I was thinking like, oh my gosh, I wonder if something happened when they were doing that catheter and there's like some some damage or something to your uh, penis because it you'd freak out. You'd cry every time we tried to change your diaper. Um, we ended up taking you into a urologist and they did all these tests and they said there was nothing physically wrong with you. And um, this took, you know, took months to see the urologist. And so we were kind of just doing our best. And um, you were about, I'd say, around two or so when even taking a bath, you would refuse to get in without your swim trunks on. Like right. you had, I remember that. You had to be covered up all the time. Um, and I thought, well, that's, that's really interesting. Um, but I didn't really know what to think of it at the time. Then you started becoming more of an independent person, you know, around two, two and a half, three years old. And I remember watching cartoons with you, like Mickey Mouse's Clubhouse. And I'd be like, Ella, you know, or I'd call you by your old name, but I'd say, look, Mickey's on. And you would say, no, mama, I love Minnie Mouse. Um, and <laughs> as soon as you were old enough to like make your own decisions, you start gravitating towards all things pink, all things sparkly, all things feminine, a fabulous Minnie Mouse all over the place. Um, <laughs> and so I remember thinking like, like, oh, you're just a kid and kids can just like whatever they like. And so I was, I was fine with it. Um. I do remember getting comments from more conservative family members saying things like, oh, you're making your child gay or whatever. And I was like, they don't know what they're talking about. You're just a kid. You play with these things at home and right. you're a toddler, you know, like, don't be weird. Um, and that stuff just really stuck with you. And 
like you uh, weren't you weren't really growing out of it. So five five years old or so, and it it instead of like kind of fading off into you having more um, how do you put it boy interests or whatever. Right. It kind of became right. uh, more extreme for you as you got older, and it was like you told me that you hated all your clothes because they didn't make you feel pretty. I remember you saying that at like five years old. Um, it was incredible that you could, you know, articulate that. that. Yeah. That sounds incredible too. I can barely remember because I was so young. Yeah. But you, you said to me one time, you're like, I don't want to be handsome, mommy. I want to be beautiful. And oh, so dang, we I mean, get, get dressed, you know, it's time to go. And you'd be like, I don't want you. I, I don't feel pretty, you know? And I was like, um, well, wear what you want to wear then feel pretty, you know, we shopping at thrift stores and stuff. And I'd let you pick out your own stuff. And, um, so then you were kind of just happy being like a little boy who loved little girl stuff. Right. And that seemed to be okay with everybody. Like everyone thought it was really cute. I know aunties and uncles and grandma and grandpa and stuff bought you Minnie Mouse dolls and like they all supported the cause of you just being this you know unique little boy who just loved all these cute girly things right and so people <laughs> saw it as kind of kind of endearing um but then it it wasn't anymore you started to become really depressed and mm. you would you kind of get more emotional about these things, you know, and you started to say some stuff that really concerned me. Um, one time we were getting ready to leave the house and uh, you came to, and you're like, I don't want to go. You came to the door. I was in the bathroom getting ready. And you're like, I don't want to go mommy. And I was like, well, we have things to do. Like we got to go. Will you go get dressed please? And you're like, no, I don't want to go. And I was like, come on, you know, we got to go. And I thought you were just throwing, you know, a tantrum right. like your kid does. Right. And yeah. you looked at me and, and you just had all these tears in your eyes and you were just like, I just not going anywhere. I'm just going to rip all my skin off. And I was like, what, you know, what does that oh, mean? Hold on. <laughs> yeah. Wait a minute. I was, I was really taken aback by that. Cause I was like, well, what does that mean? And you're like, I don't know my my head is wrong or something you said something about your head being wrong or your head being broken and you were just crying you were just like inconsolably crying and um I was like I I didn't know what what to do I got you a counselor at the time um because I was like oh my kid is my kid's just depressed my kid's so sad I don't know what's going on um and I know you saw that counselor for a little while Right. Do you remember that time? Do you remember about five years old when you were so unhappy and telling me, you I know, do. you wanted to rip your skin that's, off? That's traumatizing and I can never forget that. Right. That's just like a very big part. I remember like there's meanies taking over my head. I imagined like, you know, like the first person on moon stabbing that flag into the moon. But like that was the meanies. They're the bad things. Oh, they're they're like like taking conquering, over, conquering, conquering your mind. my mind. Yeah. So they started doing that, and I remember saying that. You remember telling me that you wanted to, that your head was broken, or yep. that you wanted to rip your skin off. Yep. What were you trying? Can you think of like what you were trying to tell me at the time? 
Um, I meant rip my skin off because the skin wasn't the correct skin, I think. I mean, I can't be for sure because I'm not completely sure. But I'd say, like, it wasn't the right skin for me. I think I want to rip off my all my skin because I want I don't want this like skin or my head's broken because I'm thinking differently than little boys on like TV right my head's broken I want I want girly things clearly that's wrong right yeah yeah so I think around that time maybe a little older closer to six you also started like started really taking a lot of stuff out on yourself. I remember you hitting your head on the floor um, whenever you were upset or, you know, crying usually. And um, you'd smack your head on the floor and I would beg you, you know, not to, not to do that, not to hurt yourself. Um, you, at one point, I remember for like three straight days, we couldn't get you to eat anything. You wouldn't eat and I was like, Ella, you have to eat. Like, aren't you hungry? You have to eat. And you're like, no, I don't want to eat anymore. And uh, you had been seeing this counselor for a little while. I remember the only things that I really said to that counselor was like, well, I miss because we were trying to adopt somebody at the time. And right. that didn't work out. I'm like, well, I miss this person. Right. I miss, so bad. I miss, I miss. And like, I wouldn't talk to, about them, about anything else. Yeah, you did open up about some things that we had going on in our lives. Um, that Learning a little bit about self-esteem. About your self-esteem? Right. Yeah. That's mostly what you taught me. Okay. So you didn't really get to that point with your counselor at that time. No. Um, but we weren't quite there yet as a family either. Because that didn't happen until a little later. You had said things about, you know, I think I'm a girl. and I, I remember saying... Um, you said, like, I think I'm a girl, and I would be like, okay, well, I don't really know, you know, what that means, and um, what does that mean to you, and I was kind of waiting for you to be able to say something to me, like, really clear, like, a really clear indication. Well, that's hard, because I'm right. still just a kid, my right. mom. <laughs> I understand, yeah, I understand that, but as a parent, like, I was really afraid of, like, going on this journey, and then having it not be um the correct real yeah like like opening up to our family and friends and saying and like, just like it's just a, it was just like uh, some like a phase yeah like or stupid. you know do something really really hard and and different and then for it to like not stick and not be really I say it did it. stick <laughs> well yeah <laughs> clearly, clearly but um I know that we talked about this stuff a lot we're really right. open um about all this because that's just the way that that we are and you would tell me things but I I don't know I think I was still just waiting for like this very clear um answer and uh that answer came I remember telling you at one point I was like well let's revisit this in six months and we'll talk you know more about it and we didn't make it to the six month mark because we had gone shopping uh-huh. And there's this clothing sale, right. and um, there's a little old lady shopping, and she, <laughs> oh yeah, she picked up this little dress, and you know your brother had really long curly hair at the time, right. and you were dressing like a little girl. I don't remember if your hair was getting longer and or not. She was, like, and she 
Yeah, she's like, she's like, this would be would, so cute. Would this be cute for one of your little girls? Yeah, and I was like, oh, that's that's nice. Um, but, but these are both boys, actually. Oh, that. Um, and we left the store and we got in the car, and you were fuming. You know, you were you're seven like years old, Donald right? <laughs> Steam could have been coming out of your head. Like you were mad, and I was like, oh, I was like, Ella, you know what? What's wrong? And you were like you and I was like oh my gosh what did I do um you're sassy as can be yeah you always have been (laughs) um and I was like okay what and and you said to me you're like that lady knew that I was a girl and you lied and told her that I'm not and I was like I was like oh my gosh I'm really sorry um and I just, I didn't know what to say because I, I felt really guilty. I felt really sad for you. You were obviously really hurt and I had caused it. Yeah. And we went home and I remember coming into your room and talking to you about it. And I asked you, um, I said, Ella, what is the difference to you between just being this little boy who loves girl things, which is totally fine, it's totally fine, and um, being a girl? And do you remember what you said to me? No, I have. I think I said something like, "I don't even know." No, you even... you said you were like, "I don't know, mom," because I'm just a girl. Oh, now I remember. And that was like the pivotal moment for us. Like that is, yeah, that's all the line. Like, that was what I needed to hear. It. Really, was you were able to articulate that yourself. I um, expected high hopes for Midge. <laughs> um it was really impressive that you were able just to kind of say I I don't know the difference because I just am a girl and that was like the light bulb moment for me I was like okay that's that's what we're doing now like you know we're here we we've got to the point where it's time to tell the world who you are and so I remember a little bit before that like we were trying to adopt somebody, right? Right. And that was going to be our bigger sister, and that failed. And I was like, well, Levi, you can dr- – Levi is my brother, by the way. Well, Levi, you could just call me – I could just be your sister now. And you were like, whoa, too fast. Hold on. What's up, Ella? Yeah. I remember that very clearly. Yeah. Like, no. Well, I can just be your sister Right. And I think right. you were you were trying to tell us, you know, you were trying to come out then and there, there was a lot going on. And I know that's when you were in counseling and you were working with your counselor through that right. um, failed adoption that we had. That was really difficult time that for our family. Yeah. That's a huge loss. Um, and so I think that's, that's maybe why it was taking some time. I think that's why I initially said, like, let's give it, you know, six months. Let's keep having right. this conversation, but let's really see how you're feeling in six months. Because I wasn't right. sure, We've even at that point, I wasn't sure that, you know, you, like, you're just a kid and you've always been really articulate and everything. But I wasn't sure that a kid could know that, the way that right. you knew that. So I, I just, I had my know. doubts. And I, and I was afraid. Yeah, you were afraid. And I remember, too, when you wanted your very first dress, we were wa- just walking through Target, just doing our usual shopping, and right. you were like, Mom, will you buy me a dress today? And I said, no. 
and then I was really beating myself up about it later. Like, why did I say no? Why did it matter? Um, and so I took you out shopping and I was like, buy whatever. I mean, we're at the thrift store. So I was like, go for it. Buy whatever you want. Like, let's go through these clothes and you pick them out. And everything you picked out was sparkles and, yeah, like, and pandas and pink and everything. Everything girls. Um, and then I remember another time at the, at the store, I asked you, I was buying you underwear and I said, I was like, oh, hold on. I should probably ask her. And I was like, Hey, Ella, do you want, you know, do you want these little boxers or did you want me to get you some panties? And you got this huge smile on your face and you're like panties. Like you were so excited. <laughs> I remember that too. That I, I was asked so you. happy. Um, and that was pretty much it. Like you still had, I mean, you had your interest. So you had Spider-Man things and stuff in your closet. Right. But those, I loved Spider-Man. Those clothes were just being worn less and less, and everything was just being like taken over out with, with cutesy girly cutesy. stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then the, some of the backlash from the family was like, you know, well, you're making her, you're making her girly. Like you want her to be a girl, so you're making her girly. And I always found that like really strange because like, you know me and I'm like, you were girlier than I've ever been in my life. And so I was like, I don't know where she's getting it from. She's not getting it from me. You wanted nail polish and you know, you asked me to French braid your hair. Like I can't French braid. You can't French braid. You've tried and you failed. Yeah. So it's like, you wanted these girly things that I wasn't even familiar with. So I was like, how can I be making my kid girly when I'm not even like that's, like that's not even my influence um and so yeah so we you know when you were able to articulate that to me and you said mom I I am a girl and I remember I was like okay this is what we're doing now you know whether the stuff before the medical stuff when you were really little was part of that journey or not there's no telling because they could never give us any answers and you were so little at the time they could never find anything physically wrong with you but it was almost as though, you know, you'd get in the bath and you'd look down and just not want to see the body you were in. And, right. and so um, it made a lot of sense and everything at that point just kind of clicked into place. I really hated showers too, because everything was dangling and very uncomfortable. Yeah, I remember I taking showers. a shower one time with your dad um, right. when we were on a trip and he's like, oh, I'll just, you know, take in with me real fast and we'll shower off I and you you did not want to be no, in that shower no. yeah because um, everything was like all dangling and super uncomfortable yeah it like freaked you out it was just scary to you I think so those things just sort of added up like over time and then it just made sense right like but you know the coming out process I'm sure you remember that was really difficult. We told our friends and family. Oh, yeah, friends. I remember I had this best friend. Their name was Annabelle. And when I was going to come out, I found my mom in her room crying on the floor. Like, she did not know how to tell me that. The friends said that they'd stay our friends if they kept calling me by my dead name and kept calling me a boy. And you were crying on the floor. Like, you didn't know what to say. Well, because I knew it couldn't happen. I knew right. it would be dangerous for you if these friends like wanted. Like if I went to like a place and I'm like, hi, everybody, I'm Ella. And then my friend right. would be like, well, this is name. my friend's dead name. Right. 
and they'll be like, so who's who? What's right. up? Yeah. And that'd be like very bad and detrimental. Yeah, so the your best friend's mom, which was actually a friend of mine, had said, like, it's my job um, as a believer, you know, in God to raise my kids the way, you know, God wants me to. And I will not be calling your child a girl and I will not be calling your child Elliot and, or Ella and I will not be telling my kids to either. And um, she's like, is that a deal breaker? And it was like, now I have to tell my child that her first and at the time only best friend you know can't I remember we would like every time we be your best other, friend again and we'd leave we'd like have a little smooch on the cheek yeah you guys were really close and we were like we're gonna get married we're gonna grow up we're gonna get married yeah you guys were really close yeah and you had a very close. sweet relationship and yeah that was really heart-wrenching it was hard and then I had another friend of ours just ghost me they never said anything, just was gone one day. I have no idea who that one was. Um, yeah, it's, it's irrelevant now. Right. But then family was, that was hard. That was hard too, um, yeah. Telling family are mostly uh, Baptist, Christian, and Episcopalian family. Right. Like, hey, you know, Ella's transgender, and them not really knowing what that was and what that meant, and then also not really believing that that was acceptable right and um I remember mostly my papa was like very unsupporting right and not anymore because of that yeah but because of that like grandma also was really quite hesitant Mm, grandma just didn't really do anything I remember one time uh papa was babysitting us Papa and Grandma were babysitting us at their house, and we were watching a movie. We were watching, I think it was Bugs Life. It doesn't matter. I know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and Papa was like, so what do the boys want to eat? And we all yelled, mac and cheese. And my brother, Levi, was like, uh, actually, I think you mean boy and girl. And Papa was like, no, I meant boys. And Levi's like, but my sister is a girl, and Papa really wanted to argue, and he didn't really want to argue, actually. He just wanted it to be over with. Um, so he was like, stop. I can call call them whatever I want, don't, when I want to. Don't, don't correct me, or yeah. I'll give you spankings. Yeah, like, don't correct me in my own house. Right. Kind of thing. Um, and Grandma, I, I looked at her, like... M- Grandma, help. I didn't do like, anything. I need... And she just shrugged. Right. Mm, I don't know. It's his opinion. Right. Um, And then I remember not... I remember not telling you. I don't know why. Um, And we got in the car because we were going to go get babysat by Grandma and Papa again. No, it was the same day. It was when we were leaving, though. We got in the car to leave. No, it and was then you a started crying day. and you broke down and you yeah, told like, me what happened. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, you're right. And you're like, he said what? So you ended up going and calling, um, calling and talking about it. Yeah. I remember all of that. Yeah. My brother is super supportive. He always was, he, too. Right. He's two years younger than you, so you, he was five when you came out officially, and we sat him down and we said, hey, you know, 
your sister is your sister is going to be called Ella now and you, you know you need to call her she and her and call her your sister and he's like okay <laughs> it was it was so easy but then even like even just being super understanding and accepting of that he also became like this very fierce fighter for you because he I know he's standing like up to you and warrior in shining he armor. He was correcting us God. if we accidentally setting if we accidentally mess up the pronoun and he'd be like ah, 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 like he'd be after he'd us be so, right um, on your guys's tails like right <laughs> so that kind of put a big wedge between your relationship with with your grandma and your papa which it's really unfortunate because and it lasted a long time that, yeah and she didn't completely accept me until like she was in the hospital getting ready to like yeah un- pass away unfortunately she was trying probably um and and making some effort but it was slow Super, and it was too slow by the time um by the time she was coming around and saying oh i'm gonna make up for lost time and all this kind of stuff my my mom had gotten really sick and she survived this life-saving procedure um, and was doing better and was in rehab and talking about how things were going to be different. Um, and, and then she took a turn for the worse and was gone within 24 hours um, from when she started to feel sick again. I mean, she was gone. And that that's and that told to me, never really happened. like you said, I was always grandma's favorite um, until I was my true self. And then she wasn't so sure. That's heart-wrenching as a parent. We don't we don't have a lot of family. You don't have lots of aunties and uncles and cousins and stuff everywhere. And so the little bit of family we had, they just were taking their time deciding whether or not they were just going to love you for who you are. And it was, that was it's so detrimental to your relationships and it's caused, you know, this lasting because you don't you're not guaranteed that time to come around to to right to realize like that you've made this huge mistake um she didn't get that opportunity to make yeah. it right which to me was no question whatsoever of supporting you regardless of what we were up against it never even occurred to me to not support you in this it never occurred to me to try to you know force you to be different or or anything like that that's just not which is nice you were my kids and i'll do anything for my kids um i do remember when i when i was talking to you that that night or maybe it was another night i said you know why if you've known this for so long why did you take so long and so i mean you're seven so right. but still I'm, <laughs> I, I was like if you know this for so long why did it take so long for you to tell me and you you're crying and you're like because you you loved your baby boy oh God. and it took me a few minutes to put that together but you had always loved your birth story and you were 10 pounds one ounce giant long baby <laughs> thank you for that but you you know yeah. You came out and straight into my arms and onto my chest, and I was enamored with you. And uh, so okay. much and so that I didn't even notice that the first few minutes of life, you pooped right in my hand. Mm-hmm. <laughs> At least I didn't do it inside of you. And you loved that story. And I would tell you that story a lot. You said, tell me my birth story. And I'd tell you that a lot. And then I'd say, but I didn't even notice because I was just staring at my beautiful baby boy. And oh. to you, you really thought that that meant I loved you because you were my baby boy. 
And I remember telling you, um, no, you, I loved you because you were mine. I loved you because you, you were, were my finally, beautiful baby. Yeah, you were finally here. I wasn't hung up on the boy part. I wasn't, I, you know, that was a, a detail that didn't your birth matter. story, that doesn't even matter. In your birth story for me was incredible moment in your hand and and then followed by poo yeah yeah like i was able to poop in your hand and you weren't able to notice isn't that incredible right exactly that's how that's how much i loved you um and i remember being really heartbroken that you thought that you had to keep this from me because it would hurt my feelings um yeah if i if i ever had a child i'd be so i'd be if you have a child, so, if I have, if I ever had a child, I would be so sad if they wanted to keep that away from me. Yeah, I was. I was heartbroken. Like, We're very hurt. open household. We talk about everything. We're open-minded. Um, and so I was, I was surprised that there was anything at all that you could have been keeping from me. Um, so it was a huge moment for us. It was a huge right. moment for our family because you had always been like this happy-go-lucky kid. People love you everywhere they go. You're vibrant and fun and they always adored you. And then you just really went inside yourself for a while. And I could tell there was something different about you, but I couldn't pinpoint it. And then, you know, this happened and it's like, I'm Ella, I'm a she, her, I'm a girl mommy. And just from that point forward, like you've been the most vibrant person, right. I've even more vibrant ever. No, you're outgoing. You're just the self awareness that you have at and have had since such a young age has been inspiring to me. I look up to you. People in our life who, who meet you and get to know you look up to you. Like, how does that make you feel knowing that, like, you just being your genuine self has helped change people's minds about things they yeah, that's crazy. used to think. I honestly never thought that happened. I didn't think I'd ever change the world or something. <laughs> like, that's hard. That's hard. Yeah. There's so many people in the world and just wanted me. Right. But it, it's had this huge impact within our family and friends community. Like, we do have family that have come around, you know? Right. Um, and more than anything, like acquaintances and stuff, they just had questions and they're like, is it okay if I ask you questions? And I'd always be like, yes, yes, ask me questions, ask me questions. Because it, it meant they wanted to know, they wanted to learn and grow yes. and, and understand. And so um, another thing that happened when you came out and I started reaching out to other people in the community where people were like, oh, you guys should move to more, you know, uh, progressive liberal city you guys should leave and um by the time she's older because maybe it's cute now when she's young but when she hits puberty and stuff like you guys should go to another city and right i i know that i had asked your permission about being out and everything and at that point it was like why don't we stay and try to make change here where we're at and not run away and hide um but help make our city safer for you to grow up in and safer for kids like you to right. grow up in. And so maybe not everybody has you, the money to move away. Right. So 
but also you've been really supportive and, and helpful in me becoming an advocate for kids like you. Um, and I guess I'm, I'm kind of wondering like what that feels like to you now being, being out in your community, out and proud versus stealth. And if that's something that you think about. Oh, I think about it a lot. Like, well, sure, things could be better if we move to a more supportive, more progressive city. Mm-hmm. Um, just switch to progressive. It's not sponsored. Um, You're such a jokester. <laughs> um, uh, it would be beneficial, but it's also beneficial to stay here in its own ways. Mm-hmm. There's always this part that's good, this part that's bad, ups and downs, pros and cons. Right. Yeah. So I think kind of like the next chapter for you is we have been seeing your medical team regularly and, you know, they said, well, you've started puberty. Right. You just, you've just yeah. started and we're, we're looking to really soon starting those hormone blockers for you. And what does that feel like? I know you have a lot of anxiety about it. What does that feel like for you? Mm. Well, I mean, it just kind of feels like once I start taking the puberty blockers, I'll just be like a, a rat in a cage. Slowly, right. slowly getting bigger until I take up so much space in that cage that I can't grow anymore. Hmm. You've said that you've worried about being, you said you've worried about being like stunted um in every way like be like all your friends and stuff will grow up around you and they'll start having puberty and stuff and you'll just be like this overgrown 11 year old going like doo, 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 you know but on the flip side of that you've also had this fear too that like puberty was going to happen overnight and you were going to wake up and and be in a, a man's body and I can't even understand what that fear must feel like for you do you have words for that um yeah I do um Maybe I don't. Um, I'm trying to think of some good words. Like terrifying. Terrifying. Yeah, like <laughs> nightmarish. Nightmarish. There's definitely been some nightmares. Like I, a nightmare. I remember very deeply that I woke up. Um, everything felt so real. I woke up and I had this ginormous beard on my mm. face. I looked like a freaking dude. Looks like a freaking dude. Like wearing some stupid rock clothes and like just a, like a completely unrecognizable person. Right. Like somebody they you could look at me and look at that version in my dreams and be like, those two don't even look the same. Right. In any way possible. Yeah. Um, except for maybe maybe the nose. <laughs> Be random. Um, so kind of moving forward with with everything, like you haven't had the most support, obviously. No, if people could have could have been more supportive and and stuff. But I think it's really important to your your dad and I, which by the way, I will say that your dad would never second guess, never won. As soon as you know, I told him the conversation we had and you and I talked to him and it was just like, yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. 
there was never any hesitancy on his part he either. Say, he did say it'd be hard for him to start saying a different name. Yeah, but it wasn't really. I don't think he messed up too many times. I don't mm, think it really I think was. He did like once or twice. That but hard. Yeah, it wasn't that hard. Um, and so, like, that's supporting you along the way and getting you all the care that you need, the medical care that you need, and, and everything. Like, like, what are you most excited for, like, moving forward? Um, I'm most excited for probably things that you could see on my outside and instantly say, yeah, that's a girl. That's yeah. A, that's a woman. Like, Boobs. Boobs. You're excited for boobs. Boobs. <laughs> yeah. Um, I am excited for bottom surgery, but, you know, not as excited for boobs. Yeah. That sounds like, that's that's, the line. But. Because that's like, you can't actually see that. Right. You know, you're kind of always private. covering that, I hope. That reminds me of oh. something that your therapist we started seeing a new therapist after that other guy who you weren't making progress with anyways. Um, and I remember... Insane lady? No, I remember oh. her saying... You've seen a few therapists. We've had yeah. some bad matches. But I remember her saying, like, a really huge indication of whether a kid is like truly trans and not, you know, going through a phase or whatever is the underwear. Because the underwear are not seen. It's not the t-shirt they're wearing out, their sh pink shoes or whatever, but it's their underwear. It's completely private and it, it affects absolutely nobody else. And so if a kid, a little kid says, you know, they want panties and it matters to them to have panties, panties. like it did to you. Right. Um, it did very much so. It's a pretty huge indication that, that they yeah. under. Because nobody can see that. Right. Except for you. Right. So I was wondering, like, because I know you're really excited about your boobs and you talk about your boobs a lot. <laughs> I was like, what, it, what does having boobs, like, mean to you? Like, besides you're just looking forward to, to having them. It means, I'd say, just looking more like a girl. Um, it means um, going through what, no offense to anybody, a normal girl would go through right which is that's kind of what you want right it's right. just to be just, the just same. to be the same as any other girl but you are yeah right. you just right. need your body I just, to cooperate right. with that right 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 